my notes got all messed up because of my computer problems, so you're going to have to forgive me if it's unclear. Plus, I'm catching you up on uh, eight months or so. I mean, yeah, that I both think, of us missed, except for last week. I don't think the coat have, have come off between the last time you came with the coat. Okay, but um, anyways, let me just tell you one thing from last week, which is good to know for this week. So we're in Paraglamat Ches, first of all, in the Yeshev. And um, one thing I finally solved last week, which troubled me for a long time, is um, what was Tamar thinking? She dresses up as Zaina, and Yehuda's going to see her, and this is all, she knows this is all, she predicted that all that's going to happen. It's very strange. The nice in this bar last week is, she did not intend, look at Pasuk Tezvav, it says, Yehuda saw her and thought she was a Zaina because she covered her face. Which, according to Ramban, you have it? Lamed Ches? Tezvav. It says, Yehuda saw her, and thought she was a Zayna because she covered her face, which according to Amban and others means that the Zaynists used to do used to dress that way, used to cover their faces. For whatever reason. Now, the Pasik says earlier that she covered herself in Pasikli Dalid. So it's Mashma that she didn't cover herself to look like a Zaina because she covered herself, okay. And then Pasik Desvav says, Oh, he thought she was a Zaina because she was covering her face. So if that was her intention, if Pasuk Yudal, when she says she covers herself, was that she was dressing up as a Zayna, then you'd say, okay, it succeeded. Or you might point it on Pasuk Yudal, that she covered herself to dress like a Zayna, and Yehuda saw her, and it all worked. It's much more like there was some misunderstanding. So the point was like this. She had one plan and one plan only. Yehuda, she was left as an Amana, and Yehuda was going on now to this sheep-shearing mishta, to the sheep-shearing, which is always a holiday, after he was misnafim for the death of his wife, as it says in Pasuk um, Yudbeis. So she was, she, it wasn't fair to her that while Yehuda was getting over the death of his wife and his children, he was misnachim, it says in Pasuk Yudbeis, she was still supposed to stay in Almana. So she takes off a big day Almanas, and she's going to confront her father-in-law on the road. Because she's going to confront her father-in-law, that's why she's covering her face. Like we have in Pasuk Yudbeis, where it says, Rivka took the tzif and covered herself, and I showed him in the shroom, then it's in my sefer, that she covered herself because she thought that the person that she's facing was Avram, because Eliezer said, Hu Adoni. Hu Adoni. The whole time, Adoni, 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 and the whole parak is Avram. This one means Yitzchak. And that's because the whole idea that everything's getting transferred to Yitzchak as soon as you get the wife of Yitzchak. But, but whatever, the, whatever, in Kamakai, she thought that when he said, Hu Adoni, it's Avram. Why does she have to cover her face from her chasen? You don't have to cover your face from her chasen. Why should she cover her face? She's covering her face from her father-in-law, because she thought it was her father-in-law. That's a whole thing that's going on over here. So, similarly over here, she's going to confront her father-in-law. She takes her for a big Dalmona. She's saying, look, Yehuda, you're going off to the sheep sharing. I want to come. It's a big holiday. It's a big party. I want to come too, and I shouldn't be left alone and a widow. And that was her plan. That's why she's covering her face, because she's about to see her father-in-law. Then the Yehuda misunderstood. Yehuda thought, oh, she's covering her face. Why is a woman sitting here with her face covered? It didn't occur to him that's his daughter-in-law who has to be snore from him. He thought she was a zayda. And then the story picks up from there. Okay, that's Why just cover your face in father-in-law. Because Tznias, because because her father-in-law shouldn't be seeing her. Ah. Because she's married to his son. Like by Rivko, that by um. You're saying La Fuki that it's not her husband. Right. Exactly. Why, not yeah, not her husband. Right, 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 right. It's a stranger. Right, right. Perhaps if it's a stranger in the family, it's different. Yeah, not just that it's not her husband. So other than her husband. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's Dafkov. Could be a Dafka father also. Okay. Okay, that's all for now. I just want to comment a few things on, on the Pasuk. 
on Pasuk um, Yudalid, if you wrap up a few points, and then we'll move on. In Pasuk Yudalid, so it says, Vatechas, Batsoif. Now, Techas does not mean she covered herself. Vatechas means she covered. So you're left wondering, what did she cover? It doesn't say what she covered. It says, that Ezra, she covered herself. And that's missing from the Pasuk. Because the thing that she covered was herself, that's probably why the Pasuk could leave out the object of what she covered. And she covered. Okay, she covered herself. Now, so what about the next Pasuk says, Yehuda saw that she covered her face. So that, Ibn Ezra says, is what Vatis Alof means, as Rashi does too. Vatis Alof means she covered her face. So Vatachas if she took the Tzayf, the veil, and covered herself, Vatis Alof, and she covered or wrapped her face in it. So just a word on, the, on this word, Vatis Alof, on this word, Vatis Alof, the word Vatis Alof has two, we find it has, it has two meanings. It means to be covered in something or wrapped in something. It also means to be faint. Like it says in... In um, Yeshaya, Benayach Ulfu Beresh Kal And by Yoyna, it says the, head, the sun beat on Yoyna's head, Vayis Alof, which either could mean the Benayach says it means he covered his face to protect himself from the sun, or it could mean he was faint. But the word Ataf, which we are familiar with, is Atef, also has those two meanings, because in, in Eicha, there's a passage in Eicha, Paragbeis, Ha'atufim Beroav Beresh Kal there's a few places, which means when I get exhausted or something. So the word, so for some reason, the word Olaf and the word Ataf, one has a dal, Tess and one has a Lamed, and those two are dentals. They can sometimes be exchanged, Dalad and Lamed, Lamed and Tess can sometimes be exchanged. So Ataf and Olaf, both of these words have these meanings of rapping and of fainting or being exhausted. Just wanted to point it out. Okay. Pasik Tezvav, we mentioned last week, Vayireha Yehuda. So Yehuda saw her. So we mentioned that this is continuation of Yehuda's seeing women, like he says in Pasuk Beis, Vayarsham Yehuda, which Ramban says, and we spoke about this, that it's Yehuda following his eyes. And similarly, Yehuda sees another woman, and this is what happens. We also mentioned that there's a parallel, a lot of parallels between the Yehuda story and the Shimshon story. It happened in Timnah, the places where it happened, and he brought a Gdi'izim, and there was a burning down of a, 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 a man and his daughter, like Yehuda threatened to burn Tamar. And we'll see another major dimin tonight. But the point is, Lenyanenu, that there too, Shimshin sees women, and that's the beginning of every event. As he sees a woman, he sees a woman, and then that causes something to happen. And it's not strange because, as we mentioned, what's this whole parsha about? We started the parsha a long time ago. We said this parsha is about the dynasty, the Malucha, because Yosef is now out of the way, as it were. And so maybe Yosef's not going to be king, but actually is going to be king, but that's happening behind the scenes. But they deposed him from his possible play on being the king, right? You're not going to be the king. Well, that means Yehuda's going to be the king. So let's see how that works out. That's what this passage is about. And, and there's always this um, possibility that the dynasty, that the, that the children of Yehuda will end. Like his first children died, Aaron Aina died, and his third child is called Shela. Shela means disappointment. And um, like we had actually last week's after, where the woman said to Elisha, promised her son, she told him, Al don't lie to me. And when she reminded him, after the son died, and she, she said, I told you, Al Tashla, don't, don't like lead me astray. So, so Shayla and Kziv are synonymous, which is why in Pasuk Hay it says, they had a child called Shayla who was in Kziv. 
And the point is that there's, there's always a, a danger that this child's going to die, like Aaron Oina died. And what's that about? Because there's a danger, danger about the dynasty of the king coming to an end. That's what this parish is about. Will there be Zerah to Yehuda? That's why this whole thing is. Is it going to be Zerah? It's not going to be Zerah. How's he going to get to the Zerah? Because it's about the dynastic, the royal dynasty. Um, another point on that, this is all old stuff, which is things that are necessary for tonight, that um, we find the end of the last of the kings of Yehuda, Zichanya, and it says in Sefer Yirmiya, Parakal Beis, that it was decreed on Yechonia that he should be Ariri. Kisvu es hagever hazer, kisvu es ish hazer Ariri, gever lo yitzlach biyama. So it was decreed on Yechonia that he'll be childless, which that decree was ultimately overturned in Chagai. And he ended up, ha- he was brought to jail in Bavel, and then he ended up having a child uh, from the jail. That's the whole story there. But the point is that there's a danger that the kingdom will be Ariri, and that's Er and Aina suggest that, that's the name Er. There's a possibility that he's going to be Ariri childless, which he was, but then there's always Yibum, there's always going to be hope, and that's basically the outline here. Okay, why are we saying this now? Because Vayireha Yehuda, so Yehuda, so if this story is about the king, and that the kingdom, and to suggest that Yehuda has this weak point with seeing the women, it's no surprise, because the same thing happened with David. His problem was that he saw Bathsheba, who's also called Bashua in one place. We mentioned last week, one place in the very young Bathsheba is called Bashua, and that was Yehuda's first wife, was called Bashua. And Shlaima and women is well known. And additionally, what I want to add, one, one thing to want to add to that was that, um, so you, after the story of David and Bathsheba, David was told it's going to be evil from within the dynasty. It's going to be problems. And, what was, and the problems were Avshalom. Shalom rebelled against his father. But the story of Shalom, all the problems started, how did it really all start? It started with Shalom killing Amnon. Familiar with this? Amnon? Amnon raped Tamar, who was Shalom's sister. Right. So Shalom killed Amnon. Amnon was the firstborn. So he was really the next in line. So that Shalom killing Amnon was really getting him out of the way. Ask me a cup, please. Okay, but there's this woman named Tamar in that story who by the way, has Exodus Pasim, and Amnon loves her very much, but after he's Manasseh, the love turns into hatred. What? Right, exactly. Right. I think that's the, maybe that's given as the example. Somewhere. Yeah, that's the case. It is, right? Okay, so, and, and the point is that within David's family, the family's falling apart, the love turns into hatred, which we said is also like, Tom was wearing Exodus Pasim, that's reminiscent of Yosef, obviously who Yaakov loves him so much, and then because of that, the brothers hate him. So love and hatred, often, right, one has to do with the other. Similarly in that story, but the point is like this. The point is, there it says, Avshalom lured Amnon out to the Gzizatzayim, to the sheep shearing, and that had a lot to do with this Pasha too, and going that, with Yehuda going to the shearing the sheep. But the point is that um, here Yehuda sees Tamar, and there's something going on about Yehuda and seeing the women, and David, that was David's problem too, and that led to the evil in David's house. And the evil was that Amnon raped Tamar. So it's all revolving around, around this, the, not the women and the not being, um, going astray after them or having problems with them. So it's not as schwer to touch this by Yehuda that way. Meaning in, that, in, in light of that. Okay, now that's mostly Hagdamis. Now let's start the main thing. Pasuk design, Vayet. Eleha el haderech. So this is a very funny phrase, right? Because Vayet Eleha el haderech. He was on the derech. She heard that he's going up to Timnah. 
So he's going up to Timna, he's obviously on the derech. <clears throat> and she, therefore, sat, as it says in Pasuk Adalid, on the Pesach of Enayim, which is the name of a city, that was Al Haderech, on the road. And that's reiterated in Pasuk Hafalaf. She was on the road. So what's Vayet? So he's on the road because he's going somewhere to Timna. That's why she goes to, to a city which has a Pesach that's on that road. And she waits for him there. So what's Vayet Eleho? El Haderech. It should say, Min Haderech. Okay, he was on the Derech. So what is this, going, what is this turning off to the Derech? So firstly, firstly, this Vayet, Vayet, it picks up from Pasuk Aleph. Vayet Adish Adulani. Yehuda twice is Mate. There's a theme over here of being Mate. Okay? Now, being Mate goes along with the Derech. And I'll show you that in Sefer Omois. Sefer Omois talks about Perk Bez of Sefer Omois, Pasuk Vav. Zayin and Ches. Talks about the sins of Yisrael. The unforgivable sins of Yisrael. Omeis Perek Beis Pasuk And it says that the unforgivable sins is that they sold the Tzaddik for silver and they sold the Evian for shoes. Which Chazasa is referring to Mechiris Yosef. He's the Tzaddik and they sold him for shoes famously. And then Pasuk Zayin says they, they lay in wait for the, for the paupers. The derech anovim yatu. And the matter, the derech of anovim. So there's the derech of anovim, Yosef in this case. The anov, he's the one that they're taking advantage of. And the matter, his derech, meaning instead of letting things go straight and right, they make it go off. And then the passage continues, there in Amis, ve'ishva oviv yechu elhanar olaman chalel eshem kodshi. So this is a reference to Yehuda, because a man and his father go to the Nara, that's Yehuda and Aaron, Aina. All went to Tamar. So the other Pasuk says, yatu. And the next Pasuk there in Amr says, yatu. They take clothing as a mashkin and a mate. That's also the Tamar took. I wonder if the mate has to do with that. Okay, anyway, so the mate, the mate, the derech. The mate, the derech. Another place where we have this, another remnant to this, to Arab Hasha. As it says in Sefer Yeshaya, Perek Lamid, which we spoke about this too in the past, but now I'm just going to tell you the Psukim, these Psukim are after the Pasha. It says, Suru mine derech, go off the derech, Hatu mine oirach, be matter from the oirach. So, Hatoya is to go off the road. Hashbisu mi paneno es Kedosh Yisrael. Stop the Kedosh Yisrael. We, met, we spoke about this, that Kedosh Yisrael. Is Yosef. And when after the Shvatim wanted Mash Bez Yosef, there's this Hatoya. They're going off the derech, and I'll explain what that means soon. And Agav there in, in Yeshaya continues and says, that oven, because you, you were Mash the Kedosh Israel, and you went off the derech, that oven is going to Keferet's Neufel. Like a Keferet's Neufel. So it's remembers in our parasha, after they sold Yosef, Yehuda's Mate, and he goes off some derech. As we'll talk about, that goes to the derech, what's that about? But then Peretz is going to be born, but there's a major flaw in, in, the, in the genesis of the Malchus of Yehuda, which is that it happened after Mechiris Yosef, and it happened in this problematic way. And what does that all mean? So let me explain. 
Understand what was problematic about it? What does that have to do with Mechias Yasef? So look at this. So now it's good time to look inside. Look at the, if, if you want. The Mishle. Mishle Perak Laman. Very mysterious Psukim. And this Psukim will, will supply the key to understand what, what the whole idea of our passion is. And what this being matter to the Derech is too. Okay, there are four things, says Mishle, author of Shlema. Four things that he doesn't know. This is Perak Lamid, Pasigud Ches. So if you want to know what the Shlema not know, four things, right? He knew everything, right? But the four things he didn't know. Perak Lamid, Pasigud Ches. Shloy Shehem on Niflu Mimenu. There are three things that are wondrous. And there are four that I don't know. And that's a, a, a literary way of saying, like, I mean, I'm sure it's more than that. It's like saying, okay, there's three things that are really shvah, and then the fourth one is completely shvah. So the fourth one is the punchline. And here are the four things. The way that of the eagle in the heavens. The snake on the rack. The way, the way a ship goes in the sea. And the way of a man with a maiden. That's the fourth one. That's the punchline. So he's saying there's three things that I, that I can't fathom. How, how is it that a, a, an eagle flies in the heaven? Pella. How's it do? How does the, the snake slither on the rack? Doesn't have feet, you know? How does the boat go in the sea? Can't figure it out. And how does a man go with a woman? Cain derech isham in an office. Such is the way of an isham in an office. she eats and wipes her mouth. So, so, now, these are the things that Shlomo Amalek doesn't know. So I want to show you first, right, this is, by the way, the Pasuk in, in the Kedushin, Bio Ikri Derech, is this Pasuk. So there's a focus on the word Derech here, which we'll, we'll, we'll bring back to our, our Pasha too, I think. Okay, first I want to show, to, show you Okay, so I, there's a couple of things I know Shlema didn't know, right? One of them, let's talk about one of them. He didn't know how a ship goes in the sea. Now I'm going to show you this in Malachim. If you look in Malachim, Malachim Aleph, Perek, Tess. Pasuk Chav Zayin. It says Shlomo made an ani, a boat, an etzion gever, by Elois on the border of the Yamsuf in the land of Edom. Okay, so he made an ani, he made a boat. This is in Malachim Aleph Perak Tes Pasuk Chav. He made an ania, a boat. Vayishlach Chiram ba'anias avodav anshe anias. Chiram sent in the ani his own avodim. Who were boat people? Yodei Hayom, Imab Shlaim. So Shlaim makes a boat, and then nobody could row. Nobody could apparently. He didn't have who to who to sail it. Chiram sent his avodim. They were Anshaniyas. They were Yodei Hayom. Shlaim doesn't know. Derechaniyah will have Yom. So he has a boat. He needs Chiram to help him out. Now, 
I'll show you another thing that Hiram helped him out with. Another, so another thing that Shlema doesn't know. We'll go not from um, Mishle, but let's see over there, which is another thing that Hiram helped him out with, and it's very significant that it's Hiram helping him. And this is well, somewhere around there. Huh, let's see. What happens when my notes get all messed up? Where else did Hiram help Schneider? Also, Rachim Aleph, Perek. Hey, Pasuk um, Chaf. Okay, this is in Perek Hey Pasuk Chaf. This is a message that Shlomo sent to Hiram. He said, "I'm going to build a house for Hashem." And I want you guys to cut down the cedars from Levonite. I'll have my Avodim go with your Avodim, and I'll pay. Ki atoyodata, you know, ki ein bonu ish yodea lichos eitzim, ka We don't know how to cut trees like the tzidainim do. Okay, so there's another thing I shalim left didn't know how to do. Now, I, I, I submit... I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to prove this at this juncture. Hiram is the king of Tzor. When the pasuk in Mishlei says that one of the things that Shlomo does not know is the Derech Nachash Alei Tzor. So the Nachash, the snake, back in Gan Eden, he's the one who cuts down trees because Adam made Tzasada and he makes the trees of Gan Eden fall. So this business of Davar of Shlomo telling Hiram, I don't know how to cut trees. You do. So that's indicating that Hiram, the king of Tzor, is like the Nachash Ali Tzor. And um, he knows that to cut trees, you know, something about cutting trees, cutting trees is a very fraught thing, right? Adam Eitzah you can't cut trees, that's a Pasha. And that comes back to the Eitzah the tree is life. So the Nachash cuts, could cut down trees, Shlomo Melech can't cut trees. So there's two things in Mishlei, two out of the four. The first one, I don't remember if I had a Pshat, Derech Nesha Vashamayim. But the two things that Shlomo Melech did not know, Derech Aniyah B'Lav Yom and Derech Nachash Ali Tzor, these are the two things that Hiram supplies for him. Okay? Why is that significant? I don't know too much, but I do know that in our story, and as we mentioned, so Shlomo Melch has his friend, Hiram, very good friends with him, and David, he's like his, his, his right-hand, not a right-hand man, but he's, 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 he's a very powerful person, he's a king of Tzor, but him and Shlomo are allies. And Yehuda has his friend, Hira, Hira, who's for some reason an uh, important figure in this story of Yehuda, and not so clear exactly what, he, what his role is. Okay, so what, what's the point? The point is that the fourth thing that it says over there, that Shleimach doesn't know, is there, which is the key thing, is Derech Gever Ba'alma. Okay, now, so, so I want to explain to you what that means and how that, how that gets back. So I'm just showing, I'm showing you that Shleimach didn't know these things and Hiram, Hiram supplied them just to um, tighten the connection between our parasha with Hiram and the fourth thing over there, which is the key thing, which is Derech Gever Ba'alma. What does that mean? It means the Gever in Mishlei, we spoke about this last week, is Yehuda. Yehuda's Gavar Be'echov, the Pasuk says in the Yomim, and the few Pesach in Mishlei we spoke about last week, um, in the Empire of Ches and Chavtes, which continues our parish, which is Merubah's to our where Yehuda is called a Gever. So the Derech Gever Ba'alma is, we don't know, something in the back, we don't know about the, how Yehuda got together with Tamar. And that's what the next Pasuk says. The Derech of Isha Ben Efes, 
Achla machsafiha like Tamar, after after her meeting with Yehuda, it's a big day, and she went back to Ben Amunusa as if nothing happened. But then she was pregnant, and then something did happen. But the Isha and Ephes is able to walk, move on as if nothing happened. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? Well, the key thing is that the Pasuk over there is saying is that there are things that are unknowable. There are things that are not known. And that brings us to understanding what our parish is all about. This we spoke about a while ago. The Hakdama of Abshum ben Achmeni to this parasha, the Major says, is a pasuk in Yirmiyah where it says, I'm thinking, said Hashem, I'm thinking good things about you. I know the thoughts, which means when things are all going wrong and no one understands anything, so everything is just machshava, meaning Hashem's plan in life is machshava because we can't, we can't see it, we can't hear it, we don't understand it, we don't talk to Hashem. And then Hashem says the machshava is also good. So there's two types of mahalach. There's mahalach when the, not only the machshava is good, but the davar, the kind of the relatable actions of Hashem are good. And we could talk about them and the Nevi'im could explain to us what's going on and everything makes perfect sense. That's the mahalach of Ovis until Mechilis Yosef. We spoke about this a lot. But selling Yosef, that when they brought upon themselves this tremendous hester, and Agav, perhaps, perhaps, this is just, I don't know if this is correct, but I find this parak so undecipherable, like what's really going on. And perhaps it follows this idea, because this parak is where it's machshavas Hashem. That means you would have brought a king, Yosef would have been king. Okay, fine, there's a certain mahalach in that. Once they, once they sold Yosef and now things are behester, now there's still going to be a king. But now it's going to be machshav Hashem. It's going to be in these wacky ways that nobody's going to understand what's going on. And no one's even going to know what they're doing. And that's the key point. The key fact that Yehuda and Tamar gave birth to parents without Yehuda even knowing, that is the whole point of the parsha. Because the point of the parsha is to say, you guys banished Hashem by your actions. This we showed many places in Micha and Amis that, that the Nevi'im are, that the Shvatim, it's just addressed to the Shvatim saying, you're making Hashem hide himself because of their actions to Yosef. So now Hashem is hidden. But everything good is still going to happen, but now it's going to happen in these in this hidden ways. So then the, the, the thing that's lo yodua, and, uh, which is derech gever ba'alma, that is the vart. That is the vart of this whole story. That vayibay isahi vayyerid yehuda, and now this yerida, which is, um, we spoke about this, beridity um, al-shachas, there's this kind of, there's hystartofonecha, like it says in, in the Mizra Shechem, but when there's a Yerida, there's hysterponim, like Yehud, like Yosef was forced into this matzav of Yerida, so Yehud was also in Yerida, and he was in the bar, Yosef was, was put in the bar, and the bar is now hysterponim, we spoke about Islam, the point is that from Paraklam and Ches and on, there's Hashem, everything is happening with machshafa, that means no one is manipulating anything properly, like Ahmed and Yaakov are talking to Hashem, and, and everyone knows what's going on, nothing like that, it's just everything's happening, Behind the scenes. Okay, so therefore what? So therefore, when the Pasuk says in Mishle, there's something unknown, the Dech Kef Ba'alma, that is the point. That's the whole point of our story. That Yehuda is the Gever, and he the, starts the Malucha through this very strange way, when he doesn't even know that she's his daughter-in-law. So now back to the question we started with, with Vayet Eloha La Derech. Oh, but before that, I want to add one thing. In Shimshin, we said that Yehuda and Shimshin, the stories go together. By Shimshin, it says explicitly, it says, Shimshin said, there's parents, I want to marry this woman. And they said, what do you want in this woman? Because they're plishti, why can you marry Bas Yisrael? Why, you know? The Lo Yadu, the Pasuk says, 
So that's the story of Shimshin. It's all about that. Hashem was operating through Shimshin, but in this very strange way, in this like, uh, in a way, in an unexpected way. Which I think perhaps what Chazal say that the Medrash says that the Malach, the Malach that's Mamuna on Taiva forced him. I think that might be the point. Its point is it was nothing to do with his own. It might be what Chazal trying to say that this was happening. Like Hashem was manipulating this. This had nothing to do with Yehuda. That's the whole point. The point that he didn't know who it was is to say that everything that's happening now is, is above his, um, has, has nothing to do with his own agency. Everything's happening through Hashem, like by Shimshin. Like by Shimshin, where he was attracted to this woman and his parents were like, come on, you're crazy. And, he, and they didn't understand that it was just Hashem manipulating him. That's the whole part of the story. That there's certain things that Shlomo Malach, who knows everything, certain things he doesn't, even he doesn't know, so certain things are like the world of Hashem's Machshava only happened through Hashem's Machshava. And the, the final one is Derech Gever Ba'alma. So that I submit now is Vayet Ela El HaDerech. Vayet Ela El HaDerech. Just the Rem is in saying that he went to a Derech is because he left, he left one Derech and he went to another Derech. He left a Derech that he is familiar with and he went to this Derech. Conceptually, this Derech where it is the Derech that's Loyadati. Like so, that's a plus. It says if there are three drachim that are don't, that are pella, derech nesher b'shamayim, derech nechshal etzur, derech onyob levyom, and the real one, the real mystery is derech gever ba'alma. So that's Yehuda went to this new derech of of um, that he doesn't that he doesn't understand where things happen beyond not not due to his own agency. So that's why it's like a new derech that he's on. It's like he's not on his own derech anymore. He's not on his own derech. And that's, um, as we mentioned, that's what the Pasuk of the era continues in Mishlei. Derech Isham in office, Achel Mach Sofiyah, Vamalai Falti Oven, like Tomer did. Okay, so I'm not sure, I must say, for the Gabi, the question of Ayitullah El Haderech, you know, it's a very funny expression. Does this really solve that, to say that now he's on that derech, like he's on a new derech, and that derech is, is described in Mishlei, the, the derech of things that are mysterious. I'm not sure if it's the greatest tarot. But it, it, that part I'm not sure about. Everything else I am sure about. That that the whole point of the story is in, is in, the, in this Pasuk Tazayin where it says, Lo yoda ki And that this derech here, the focus on the derech, is this derech gever ba'alma, which is the th- things that are unknown. So that's just a tzushtelter, right? The, here you have that he went to a derech. There's a stress over here that he went to. doesn't have to say the whole derech in this Pasuk. Because of Ayyit I mean, she's, we know where she is. But there's a derech over here, and there's a loyoda, and that is what Shlomo Melech's biggest mystery is this. And this is it's supposed to be the biggest mystery, because that's the whole point of the story. As the Medrash says, the whole point of the story is, now Hashem is telling everyone, you guys are doing this, you guys are doing that, and I'm making Mashiach. And I have it all worked out, and you don't even understand what's going on. That's the whole part of the story. And that's the significance of Yehuda, I mean, that's the main part. That's the significance of Yehuda not knowing what's going on. Okay. Now... So what doesn't Shlomo understand about this? No, Shlomo Melech was saying like this, that the derech gever ba'almo, which is what everyone's busy with. Now, by the way, why is everyone busy with it? I think, the, I'm not sure, I don't understand this fully, but to the extent that there's a whole focus on like, okay, the, the royal dynasty has to survive, right? Which is an interesting thing. By the way, you should know, even Mashiach, the fact that Mashiach is a person, it's a very strange thing. I Meaning, if you look at the Ramah, if you look at the Ramah, and the Malachim, you might say Mashiach is, is in Nebuah, 
why does there have to be like a person? And there will be kings from Malchus Beis David. Like the Rambam says like this, the Rambam says if, one, if there's a king from Malchus Beis David and he fights the wars of Hashem and he makes everyone do tshuva and everything, then he's Becheskes Shul Mashiach. If he's something, if he's... I forgot what he has to do. Forgot, then he then he's a vade Mashiach, and if he dies, then he's just like another kasher from Melech, another a melech kasher from Machas So you could have a king who's loichem mechamas Hashem and gets everyone to do tshuva and everything, but he's not Mashiach. It's mashma. You can probably it's mashma. The Rambam's not so posh. This is a complicated that there will be nevuah also. But oh, but we're still waiting for Mashiach. What it, 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 the whole purpose of Moshe Mashiach is nevuah b'nei mesamikdash, but yet it, there's a focus on the person. Right? We wait for Mashiach. Stefan talks about it. We wait for Mashiach, which is a very strange thing because we're looking at a person. It's not, we're not looking about Hashem. You need a person maybe to help us. But why is there a focus? I don't know what it fully, but to the extent that there's a whole focus about, okay, you have to have someone from Zerah David survive, which is a major theme, right? Like we said before, Yechania was always, almost at the end. It was a big problem. Uh, obviously, a big problem. That's why the, that's what the focus of the story of Yehuda and the Malchus is about women and Zera and Kama Zera. And um, um, you asked, right, your question was, why is it a big mystery? So what it's saying is like this. So David's problem, let's call it, with women might also have to do with the fact that he's looking to make a king. You know, this is, when, when you're a king and you have to produce kings, then that's going to be a, a major focus, like it is in the focus of Yehuda's story. It's not just a side, it's not just a side, that's the point. Like, you have to have another king to succeed you. And Shlomo Melech too is, is, is busy, busy with women is to make, to make perhaps you could say, and I think it's probably correct, it's to make the right king or to make the right children because that's the king's like number one duty for the king is to have, usually in like history even, you know, the Hafta, right? They're busy like they have to have, a, they have to have someone who's going to succeed them and it can't just be a nobody. So it's very important. The women are very important for the king. So um, Shlomo Melech who thought he has that under control, he, he realized that like, no, whatever happens with the king and the women ultimately is, is beyond his control. Okay, does that answer your question? So that whole thing that like is very important, Shalom HaMelech came to understand that that is controlled by Hashem's machshava and not by... Although it is very important, it's not going to happen by the king doing it, which is what Shalom HaMelech, he tried to do it. He tried to do everything himself, the women. So not understanding means I don't have control over? Right. Right, no, it means that Hashem is going to, Hashem has a, 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 an agenda with um, the Zerah of Yehuda that he's going to take care of. And um, I think it means, right, I don't know if we have control over, but there's less of a, minimizes the need for uh, taking some wild steps to, to ensure Like, again, you know, of course you get into the whole question of uh, when there's something important to do, you don't let Hashem do it. So that's why I'm, I, I'm suggesting it's like to the extent that perhaps David and Shlomo went overboard due to their excessive focus on the need for the king to have the right wife. So they're saying like, there's a message over here like Hashem has it under control. It's, it's, it's not... It happens with the Midah of Machshava. With Midah of Machshava, defining meaning when, the, the, when Hashem does something that nobody even, even knows what he's doing and certainly doesn't understand what he's doing. And, and, and since this is something that happens in that way, so it, it, takes, it, it, it minimizes the need for the, for the man to do it. Now, Agav, um, 
not Khirum being the snake. The thing is, if someone tries to do something, eventually you just says, I don't know, you yeah. allow something else to come in. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this kind of thing, I don't mm-hmm. know. Allow yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and by the way, the fact that Khirum is, is, is Yehuda's um, wingman, I think is the technical term, right? And he goes, he goes to get some tom or whatever, he goes. So, um, and I said, Khirum is the Nachash, on the Ratsur. So that obviously brings us back to Gan Eden, of course, we mentioned already the Nachash and the trees and the women. I'll focus on Gan Eden and the Eitz Hadas. So Shlomo Melch knows, no, something I don't know, and that's women. Okay, this has to really be worked out. Um, I really just wanted to um, bring that pasuk to show this this vayet el is that he's on now the deck of Loyad. And I talk saw this brought in into Shlomo brings a medrash that says. Um, not eleha lederech bnei adam. Vayit eleha el haderech is he went to this woman to do derech, right? The Gemara Kedushin, bia ikri derech. So he was going to derech, and, what, and that's Tzanas Mamish the Magid Shtoni too. That's learned that from derech gever ba'alma. That bia ikri derech is derech gever ba'alma. There's this derech gever ba'alma, which is this mysterious thing. And again, what I'm saying is the mysterious thing means, according to what we're understanding now, it's mysterious. Nobody can understand who the right shidduch is. No, no one understands how these things happen, you know. I guess interesting to think about Taka Ashkayasara and the Derech. He's very focused on the evidence on the Derech and Hashem Hashem Dimalach to Matsliach you on the Derech. I wonder if that has to do with this. Okay, so that's the Medrash says. The Medrash says, Vayet Eloel Derech, not Eloel Derech Bnei Adam. Okay, so that's the big secret. Right, so what I started off saying was Psukum about the Umata the Derech, the Umata the Derech, what that means is that um, that there's a Derech is something that you are familiar with. Derech is Begoli, Ma Derech Begoli. When you find a Cholol by Derech, it's Begoli, something that you're familiar with. Here, Yehuda was Mata the Derech with the Mechiris Yosef, so they, think they made things off, they made things wrong, you're not clear. So now he's on a, he has to go find himself on a new Derech, and that's the Derech that's described in, in, um, in Mishle, in the things that are Niflumimenu, and the four dra- there are four drachim that we don't know, that he doesn't know. And that's the new Derech. Okay, so just a few more things here. Let's see. Vayet elei aladech, vayemer, havana, avayelaich. Havana of a life. Ki loyoda kikalosehu. This phrase is very problematic because that's the Pasuk said. That was the point of Pasuk Tesvav. He saw her and thought she was a Zaina. And therefore, he went to her. Meaning, had he, not, had he thought she was, had he thought she was um, his daughter in law, well, I guess maybe it's not steer. Maybe he thought she was a Zaina. That doesn't mean he didn't know that it was Dunno. He could have thought it was Dunno was and that was Zaina. I guess technically, right? We had the question. My question was, right, that Lukhoy was saying Kila de Kikalosi. That's the whole that's the what the Pasik um Tezva was functioning as, right? It was saying he th- he he didn't know who she was. 
for sure, according to Rashi, Kisapaneha. Rashi learns Kisapaneha, that's why he didn't recognize her. Ban says that's why I thought she was a Zayna. But even according to Ban, he thought she was a Zayna, meaning he didn't know the real fact, which was that it was his daughter-in-law. So why, and and the, the point is, because otherwise you would, wouldn't have done this. So why is the Pasuk repeating now, saying, Ki yada ki He. So I would suggest that the point is that something very strange happened. Okay, it's one thing, he's walking on the road and he sees this woman who's dressed like Zayna's dress, and instead of occurring to him that it's his daughter-in-law covering her face with me, so she's a Zayna. Because it's a woman sitting by the door of the city and covered her face. Why is she doing that? She's a Zayna. Fine. But then there's another Chiddush that after he approached her, he still didn't know it was his daughter-in-law. That's really strange. And not only is it strange, but perhaps it's necessary for the story to point out how strange it is. He still didn't recognize his daughter-in-law. Because, like I started this year, I said, Tomar... This wasn't her plan wasn't for this whole thing to happen. How could she know this is gonna happen? Her plan was to go to Yehuda and say, not fear. I'm not I'm not willing to sit at home wearing my widow clothing anymore. And while you are Misnachim, you have to take care of me. But so a very strange thing happened, which is that a very strange thing happened, not worthy of noting. He still didn't recognize it was a daughter in law. So which is very odd and made her understand that something is happening over here that nobody knows what's happening. Not her and not him. And she's just supposed to go along with it. I'm suggesting. So that's why Tomar switches plans in mid-course because basically this whole lesson of this, this is this mysterious thing that's going to happen without anyone understanding it. That's what's being brought out by the Veloyada that even after he's going and talking to her, he still doesn't know it's Dornalo. So clearly... Someone's being led by, by the leash over here without having any, without having any understanding, and Tamar is saying, you know what, then I'm going to go along with that. How do we know he wouldn't have done it if he would have known as his daughter-in-law? No, that's for sure the simple meaning of the Pasuk. I understand your question. Saying from the Pasuk that says, meaning if he did know, he wouldn't have done it. Right, for sure. That's a simple meaning, right. But my question was, that's what the last Pasuk was saying, that he thought she was a Zayna, and that's why he approached her, otherwise he wouldn't have... Had he known who it was, he would never have done it. So what's the Pasuk repeating? So I'm saying here the point is that it's one thing to say he saw her on the road and thought she was a Zayna, but then it's another Chiddush to say that even after he came to her, he still didn't know. And not only is it Chiddush, but it's important to understand why Tamar responded the way she did, because why didn't she continue and say, why didn't she continue with her original plan, which was to say, no, 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 I'm Tamar. The answer is this very odd thing happened. He approached her and didn't realize who it was. And that Taka, that Loyada, as we said, is the whole crux in the Havana of the story, that something's supposed to happen without him knowing. Um, and that's what Thomas started realizing, and she therefore was now going along with that. Okay, Vatoimer, and she said, Mati Tenli, Kisava Eloi. Okay, so I just, by the way, have problems over here, and I have to look into this more. Is that how the negotiation works? She asks him, What are you offering? Or why doesn't she tell him her price? I'm just like, What's Pshad over here, Mati Tenli? Like he didn't, he said, Havanavilaich, as if it's going to be free, and she said, What are you giving? I'm not sure what, I'm not sure I understand the shock of attack, okay? But um, I just was struck by the matitenli. I was struck by the matitenli. There's another phrase in Tanakh, at least one other place. I don't think it's more, but I have to make sure. We have matitenli. You know where it is? Um, when Hashem told Avram um, in Pashlechacha. I'm going to give you Eretz Kanan and Hashem. Hashem alikim mati tenli. V'onoichi ha'ilich ariri. Avram said to Hashem. So I, when I thought of this, I 
jump to look at the Baal I'm sure the Baal Turim would start too, but it doesn't. Because it's the exact same thing. Because she, Tamar, is at risk of being left widowed. She was married to Er, who's, um, his name is Er, isn't childless, and he was childless. And Aina was childless, and the question is, maybe the woman will be the Yibam and Hakim Zerah, or maybe she's going to remain Ariri. I mentioned one of the Shrim in the beginning, um, the, the punishment of Aririm is said by Eishas Ach. By Eishas Ach. By the, if you, uh, Eishas Ach, when it's Osir, Eves Eishas Achichal is a Galim. And in Paschadoshim, it says, V'Eishas Achichal is Eishas Achiv, Nidohi Eves Achiv Gila Aririm Yiu. So childlessness has to do with Eishas Ach. No, there's... There's yibum, which is to make sure they're not childless. But when there's when you do it wrong, then there's punishment of childlessness. So anyways, so there's air over here, and there's like I said, there's a, there's this danger that the dynasty of the king is going to end up in Ariri. And indeed, it was said about Yehania in, in the Sefer Yirmiyo said, "Kisvu as Ariri, gever lo yitzach Another gever there, that it was decreed that Yehania, the last king, would be Ariri, and then it was overturned. But there's a danger that's going to be Ariri. So Tamar is saying, Matitenli, you think your stomach is going to be boiling me? I have a problem. The problem is I'm Ariri. That's the real problem here. And originally she was going to approach him and say, fix me up, give me Tishela. Now she's has another way to get out of it, which is to be nivel to him and she's going to have children from him. But the Matitenli goes along with the Matitenli Ariri. And then there's something really interesting because. So in Sefer, Yirmiyah, it says, Kisfu Eseshaz Ariri. It was decreed on Yichanya that he's going to be Ariri childless. And then in Sefer Chagai, it says, Sefer Chagai, it says about Yichanya, there was Nevoah, the following Nevoah, about Zerubavel, who was the grandson, or the son of Yichanya. The Pasuk says, Bayem Ahuno Mashem Tzevako, is Ekocha, the last Pasuk in Chagai. I will take you, Zerubavel ben Shaltiel, Avdi no Mashem, v'sam ticho kachoysam. And I will make you like a choysam. I'll make you like a seal. What does that mean? Because his father or grandfather was Yechonia. And about Yechonia, it was originally said, as we said in Sefer Yemir, that he's going to be Ariri. And the other Pasuk says the following about, about Yechonia. Im yiyeh, Hashem said, Chai onnum Hashem, im yiyeh konyohu, ben Yehoyakim, the same, same person, Yechonia. Melech yude choysam al yad yemini, ki misham etekenko. He could be a seal on my right hand and I'll rip him off. And he's going to be Ariri. And Chazal learned from here that when a person does tshuva, the same thing that was decreed with him gets turned around because originally he was told, even if he's a chaysam, I'll take him off. And then he did tshuva or galas was not happening once it's mentioned and Maisi Yechani had children and his child, the grandchild, his Rubavel, was told that he's going to be like a chaysam, Hashem's hand. So then the interesting thing is we should tell to the Matitenli, Matitan is an Hariri, and this is about will we have a dynasty of kings that will have be lasting, or perhaps like the other children, Ayer, Aina, maybe Shales, maybe your dynasty can't last, maybe there's going to be Ariri. That thing picks up again by Yechania, who at one point was decreed should be Ariri, and even if he's a Chaysam, Hashem will take him off. And then he would, his, then when he was, when there was a Kapara, Hashem told him that Yechania will be like a Chaysam on the Adamini. So then when um, Tamar asks Yehuda, for the Erev, and she tells him, you have to give me your chaysam. The chaysam. It's a reference to that, to that uh, in Pasuk Yudches. First, she tells him, I want you to give me a chaysam, a seal. So I think it's a remez to, um, to, to this Yechania story. Basically, basically, we have to read this story of Tamba and Yehuda and their possible childlessness. A bit. We have to read this much larger. It's about the whole 
Davidic dynasty. And Taka we find, and that's the Matitinli, is like the Matitinli of, of, of Avram, which is that if a person doesn't have children, then Matitinli, whatever he has is nothing, doesn't have a kiyam, that's the broadest sense of Matitinli. And um, indeed, there was this risk of Ariri on Yechonyo, and specifically that he was, the way it was fixed was that Hashem said he's going to be like a chaisam. So when she asked for a chaisam, it's a remnant of that chaisam. Um, one more thing in Shashim, but I think we can leave it at that. Right, right, right. Just one, one point. The Simeni Kachosam Ali Becha Kachosam Al Zoyecha. Okay, well, that's will leave that for next week till it gets more clear.